Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm happy to welcome Nicole Tamburino, LCSW, Director of Medical Management at Meridian to talk about the great work they're doing in the behavioral health space. Nicole, it's so good to have you. Welcome. Thank you, Sam. Um, On behalf of Meridian, I'm really excited to have this opportunity to speak with you and the work that Meridian is doing regarding behavioral health for our members. And I'm so excited because I think as just a human being these days, like there's just really no better time to or, or more important time to talk about behavioral health, to talk about access than now. I think, you know, the pandemic has just brought up time and time again, sort of this collective trauma we've all experienced. And, you know, we've seen over and over again that there's just such a need for behavioral health care. So can you just sort of start, given all of that, give us an overview of behavioral health care at Meridian and sort of what you guys are thinking about and working on? Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the recent pandemic and what we have just all been through. There's a trauma perspective to it for sure. Um, I think on a positive note, if you could take any positives from this, I think we have really um, reduced the stigma or started to reduce the stigma around Um, behavioral health initiatives or needs. And so I'm excited. I will talk to you about what we are doing here um, at Meridian as it relates to behavioral health. Um, Starting with, I think it's really important to um, think about behavioral health from a holistic approach and incorporating the whole person into treatment. Um, We have a very integrated physical health and behavioral health care coordination model and absolutely taking all the social determinants into consideration. Um, So when we start working with our membership, we're really focusing on um, the needs of each individual child and adult in their unique ways. And as you know, starting to build a very trusting relationship with our membership is very important. And so that could be from that initial phone call or the face-to-face in the community or any facilities that we may see our membership in. And it could take several outreach attempts to build that trusting partnership with our membership and just really trying to understand and help the member why we're reaching out to them and that we're really there to help them on their healthcare journey is what I always like to call it because it's, it is for sure a journey. Um, And then connecting them with services and helping them understand that what their benefits um, can provide for them, how we're there to help and really wrapping them with a strong interdisciplinary care team or a support team to help them uh, meet their healthcare needs. So our approach really helps um, our behavioral health members or um, our members in general to bring them to different resources and learn so much from each other, both their care coordinator and their interdisciplinary care team to ensure that they are aware of all the resources that they have and how can they meet their healthcare goals together. Oh, I love that. I almost, as you were chatting, I was like, it's like you're 
you know, playing Samantha's favorite buzzwords and healthcare bingo, because <laughs> there's so much that you talk about there that I, I love. And, you know, just the acknowledgement that behavioral health care is health care and that your head is, in fact, part of your body and, you know, that they're all interrelated and you really cannot take it at a side, you know, from a siloed perspective, because it, it just doesn't it doesn't work like that. I, and so so key. And then the idea of, you know, just this reminder that you guys are out in the community, right? Like, I think sometimes people think that our care coordinators, especially for certain populations, like that they're just calling or sending a letter and hoping, or just hoping that members like magically show up at their doors. And like, that's just Mm -hmm. not how we work. Like we're, you guys are out in the community. You're trying to build that trust. And it's not just one outreach. It's, it's building that, trust and making sure these members know that you're there, you're there for the long haul and that you care about them. And I think that just isn't always appreciated because it's so different than how we think about like perhaps like commercial insurance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of our um, interactions, you just said we're out in the community, we're out in the community for several different reasons. Um, To the top two really are engaging our our membership where they're at. So the old clinical saying of meet meet your client where they're at emotionally, well, we go to do that physically as well. But I also think it's important to think about what our providers offer in terms of the 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 care that our membership is getting. And so really thinking about what does our provider network team do and how do we as care coordination work closely with them to ensure that we are we are literally out in the community and networking with our provider partnerships. I don't think we could do any of the care coordination that we're doing effectively without a strong provider um, collaboration. So we're really trying to more specialty providers. Um, Howard Brown is an example, really focusing on our LGBTQ community um, and really thinking about specific needs of our populations, whether that's eating disorder or social determinants of health um, or just general behavioral health providers. There's no way we could really do strong coordination of care without a strong relationship with our provider um, organizations. Oh, I love that, Nicole. And I I, because in my mind, as you're, you know, you're a care coordinator, you're helping a member to services within the community, right? And, and sometimes those are community-based services. Sometimes it's like a food pantry or housing, but mm-hmm. in, in the behavioral health space, it's a provider, right? It's a provider that offers the services they need um, for whatever their particular condition may be. And sometimes that gets very specialized. And so for you to be able to connect that member with what they need, you need to understand the provider community. You need mm-hmm. to, you know, be in partnership and you need to be sometimes creative of like, how do I get this patient or this member to become a patient of this provider as quickly as they need it? Because there might be a wait list and our member might not be able to, to wait that long. So how can we do that outreach, get, you know, get them a, an appointment maybe because someone canceled or whatever um, that may be. And so that requires that close sort of working um, in conjunction. And then the other thing is that the, the health plans aren't a healthcare provider, right? Like we're part of the healthcare ecosystem, an incredibly important part, and we have really great strengths. You know, our data analytics is really powerful. We have the best care coordinators in the business, you know, just people who care and are, are just beyond passionate and committed to the work they do. But that being said, they, they rely 
on the providers, the healthcare providers for providing that direct care to the members they're serving. And so I love that you just really highlight that it's about that partnership and working together. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about sort of, you know, what those programs and priorities look like at Meridian um, to sort of give our listeners a a better idea of, of what that looks like? Sure, absolutely. And you just reminded me of the image I always um, visualize when I'm thinking about care coordination or or really just the role within the MCO is like an umbrella. And so how do we think about all the different effects that are trickling down um, to help us protect our membership and and get that health care that they need? And so providers are for sure part of that. Um, one of the really interesting pieces that I have learned a lot about um, by working with Meridian or at Meridian is that we're currently working with IHPA, which is the only statewide behavioral health independent practice association, um, which was created really to improve the integration of behavioral and physical health care. Um, and I think this is really an amazing way to help improve access to care um, and it also addresses like that, that social structural um, determinants of health for our membership. And so really being able to look at what they're doing and how does that help our membership and how does it help us? So for example, they have, um, by working with the IHPA, they've increased our access to care by adding 64 new provider locations across the state of Illinois. Um We have 38% of that was in disproportionately impacted areas. Um, And so we have really been able to focus on an increased uh, access to care in central and downstate DIA zip codes. Um, So that alone has really just helped us enhance what ultimately benefits our membership, which is why we're all here. Um, And then thinking about what else we're doing, I think there's some really cool, unique ways of um, approaching the care that we do with care coordinators in our membership. We have, for outpatient services, we have a program called METS, which is Members Empowered to Succeed, which is a program that focuses on each member's needs specifically with that provider. And so how is the provider working with the member to help them understand their treatment goals, um, to ensure that they're getting all the services that they need, medication adherence, and just overall compliance And really, this program helps encourage our providers to collaborate with members and really involving that member in their treatment goals. And as we know, um, support or education around your treatment goals really leads to a much stronger outcome. Um, And it helps reduce and resolve any barriers that may come up and just continued progress along the way. Oh my goodness, Nicole. Absolutely. I I just want you to say those numbers for our listeners again, because I, I don't know that I realize this and I'm like deep in this space that through your partnership with IHPA, you've actually increased the number of physical locations where members can receive healthcare. And was it 68? Did I get that down right? 64 new provider 64. locations across the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And then really important, 38% are in those DIA or the disproportionately impacted areas. Absolutely. And I think that's like, you know, I'm always thinking, what would this healthcare system look like? You know, the Medicaid program, if it weren't for Medicaid managed care. And what I'm hearing is 
there would be 64 fewer locations <laughs> and that that would have a, a disproportionate impact, of course, on disproportionately impacted areas across the state. And so that is, you know, that is, is so amazing and critical. And then when you think about the work you do with your care planning, like you said, that, that you get better outcomes when a member is part of their treatment plan and they're part of, you know, creating it. And I think it's, you know, there's that buy-in, right. And you're empowering them. Like, I love that you use, you know, the word empowerment because I often people, legislators, especially ask me like, what do you think good care coordination looks like? And Mm. I often think it's when we empower the member to advocate for themselves, because what I think good healthcare looks like, or what I wish they would do, you know, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's empowering them to advocate for themselves. And maybe, you know, maybe from my perspective, I think that good health is immunizations because I'm thinking of it from sort of this public health perspective. And that's my vantage point. But from an individual member's perspective, they might be thinking, I want to reconnect with my family and I want to strengthen those relationships. And so then you as a care coordinator start thinking about, well, how do we do that? And maybe they think they say, well, my, um, you know, I, I, my, my sister doesn't like, you know, when I've done X, Y, or Z. And so then, you know, that gets into the behavioral health space. And then my mom is vulnerably, you know, is vulnerable. And so then that opens up perhaps uh, medically vulnerable. And so maybe that opens up a conversation around, you know, COVID vaccine and flu shot and stuff like that. And so Mm-hmm. When you talk to a member about what they want and you really spend the time to get to know them and, and structure these goals, you get to those medical outcomes, but you don't start there. You start with Absolutely. sort of the, the human component. Absolutely. And I think we were, you know, the, the whole empowering somebody, meeting somebody where they're at. I'll say that a lot from a clinical perspective, but it's very important to um, really understand the background of our membership, um, cultural background, whatever may bring them to where we meet them at today. Um, they have lots of reasons, whether that's from trauma or just overall um, life experiences. And how do we help them navigate this system and um, allow them to really ask the questions that they need to ask and advocate for themselves in the best way? And so, um, yes, I think you were talking a lot about just the whole empowering and having the member be part of their care plan. And it is the core foundation for good care coordination. And I think what often gets lost in that conversation, Nicole, is that like, if you talk to a clinician, like a nurse or a a doctor, often our care plans look really different than like a clinical care plan where it's like, you know, you get your flu shot annually, you get your well visit, you know, you take your diabetes medication, you do, you know, that is really different than what a care plan for, um, you know, a a care coordination plan from a, a Medicaid health plan looks like. Is that right? Yeah. So one example that I can think of is somebody that we um, worked with who really was interested in getting um, getting out to the library and just being able to go out out of the home. And we were thinking, you know, one of our our care plan suggestions was, you know, thinking something along like behavioral health treatment or getting to your provider more often or um, whatever example may be from a clinical perspective. And their goal was 
kids to um, want to go to the library. And they had a lot of reasons why they wanted to do that. What Some of it was just getting out of the house. Some of it was um, once they got to the library, they'd be able to use the internet and they would be able to look for a job. And so we helped them really ensure that they were trying to get um, get their basic needs met and get out, get out of the house and get to the library. And it was a very different care plan than what we would traditionally think was a clinical care plan, but it absolutely helped the member get the basic needs of what they wanted. Um, It may even be like just being able to take the bus and what is preventing them from taking the bus or any public transportation, whether that's a fear or just not understanding their access. Um, And so there's there's a lot of ways that just what sounds very basic could be very empowering and very um, helpful to members. Oh, I love that, Nicole. And then what it does also is you you begin that conversation, you take those barriers away, you help that member overcome those barriers to meet their goal, and then you build that trust. And then maybe you can talk about that clinical, you know, you can can have that conversation. Oh, Nicole, it has been so wonderful to have this conversation, to think through the impact Meridian and, and that you have had in the healthcare space and sort of the way you continue to transform what behavioral healthcare looks like and what it means for our Medicaid members. Thank you so, so very much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to our listeners, to learn more about what I'm is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.org. And don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam says, as always, thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.